Hello and welcome to Her House, Her Home, episode number six. I'm your host, Amy Wicker. One of my goals on this podcast is to feature women who are brave, who inspire us, and who are living life on their own terms. Today, I want to introduce you to Mekin Vossler, a retired vet who calls her camper home and who lives on the road as a solo nomad. Mekin, welcome. Tell me, how uh, how long have you been on the road right now? Um, Just over a year actually traveling around. Um, I've been in the camper a year and a half. Okay. Take me back to that time when you first kind of had this idea like, huh, maybe this is something I might enjoy doing. It was a complete accident. And I'm really happy that this is what's happened. Uh, I don't know. I'm very impulsive. So I one day said, I think I want to retire into an Airstream. And within two years, that's what I made happen. That's amazing. Awesome. Was there any like trepidation about actually taking it on? I mean, or did you, you know, tell me a little bit about your background and what made this, you know, kind of a natural fit for you, if you will. Well, moving around is pretty common in my life. I did 22 years in the army and they move you a lot. Mm -hmm. And so that didn't make it an issue. You know, uh, the things people worry about when you move, when you start to do it all the time, it becomes a habit and natural and you get, you lose the anxiety about that. So now had, had you camped a lot before? Had you pulled a camp? No, you know, and what? I actually hated camping <laughs> because I'd only ever done it with the military. And oh, let me tell you, that is not fun. So I yeah. hated it until about four years ago, maybe. And then I was like, I think I might like camping if I get to do what I want to do. So yeah. this is all yeah. brand new. The The camping thing. And then, then I was like, I'm going to get a camper. So I did. And I started out small. I, think- I got a tab first. And mm-hmm. I, tr- and then I thought, okay, I think I want to live in my camper full time, but this size is not going to work. And the tab is a type of camper, yes. correct? Uh, built by New Camp. Yeah. It's a little 12 foot guy. I got it first to, because I was afraid of towing and backing up. And that thing only weighs 1,700 pounds and you can push it. That's nice. So, very nice. I, that's an idea for a small person or someone who is scared. But when I decided yeah. I wanted to live in the camper full time um, upon retirement, that's when I was like, well, a 12 foot camper is a little small. So I traded that in on this Airstream. Tell me then, you know, it sounds as though like the biggest hurdle for you mentally in doing this was just really the like the towing piece. Would that be a correct statement? Yes, it really it is. Yeah. Um, because I'm retired, income is not an anxiety, you know what I mean? And I don't have children. So family connection doesn't do anxiety. It's really just overcoming the towing thing. How how do you feel about, you know, towing now today and backing up? Well, every time I do it, I get either better or worse. (laughs) So I just keep (laughs) doing it and it happens. 
Yeah, no, I think that's awesome. So let me ask you, because I know, you know, for people who are listening, I found Megan through a Facebook group called Airstream Sisters. And I was so impressed when I found this group, because just knowing there are a group of women out there doing this is pretty amazing to me, actually. It just the fact that women feel comfortable and there's a community um, to support women who are doing this, I think is pretty fabulous. So did that at all play into your decision, knowing that, you know, you had other fellow Airstream sisters out on the road and there was kind of a support system? Not specifically, but it's been a really cool thing to find. Um, Yeah. Obviously, I didn't even look into that until I had an Airstream and the decision had already been made, but I've met more than one person through that and other Mm -hmm. Facebook groups and websites. Actually, I'm parked next to another uh, solo female nomad. And Mm -hmm. we met each other on the road and now we park next to each other for two or three days at a time, just randomly. So, you know, when you think about the the kind of lifestyle you've chosen, um, it could potentially be pretty isolating. Could could be if that's what you wanted, but it sounds like that's not the case for you and what you've experienced, correct? It can be either way. And I like it either way. Yeah. Sometimes I come to a peopley area or I park near family and then I'll visit them, but still have my own house. Mm-hmm. And other times you can literally find somewhere where there are no people or towns around. And that also brings great peace. Yeah. Are you ever concerned about, you know, security, safety, those kinds of things? Yes. I've encountered some situations where it was uncomfortable and I did not feel safe. Yeah. I know you were telling me about one, one instance um, if you just, if you don't mind just sharing it and, and how you handled it, really, I think that could be helpful. Um, the, so the Nevada guy, I was just parked on, uh, BLM in Nevada, which is public land. Now the land I was on was an area authorized for shooting, but it was not specifically a shooting range. It had shooting and camping mm-hmm. parked there overnight. Um, spoke with a forestry ranger you know i'm not doing anything crazy or out of the norm and the next morning a gentleman decides he's gonna park uh within 100 meters of my camper and Mm -hmm. so when i ask him you know hi what are you doing can you not be right here we're in a huge desert he let me know (laughs) that he was there to do whatever he felt like he was going to do. And that was going to be to shoot his gun at crazy stuff in the desert, which is authorized in said area. Yeah. No problem. So I proceed yeah. to go back to my clubhouse and prepare it for travel. Cause we're leaving. And I, he decides he's going to shoot towards the street. And so that's when I was like, okay, he's being unsafe. I'm using that as a reason to call the cops. And so I did. Yeah. And were the cops pretty quick to respond? Yes, they were fast. And the la- the dispatcher on the phone was like, do you want to make contact with the officer? And I was like, you know, I'm leaving. I know the guy's going to leave before I can get gone. I'm bigger. And if the police arrive before then, sure, I'm down. I would love to talk to them. Um, And they actually did. They were real fast. That's great. 
considering you were out in the middle of nowhere, it sounds it like. It seemed right? pretty nowhere, but I'll tell you, it was only 45 minutes from Las Vegas. So okay. it was between okay. Las Vegas and Prim in a beautiful area where you feel like you're nowhere, but you, you actually are. And that's what's, that's another thing for safety purposes. I won't park where my phone doesn't work and I won't park where I can't get help if I need it. Right. Do you have a a satellite or anything on your camper or a satellite? No, no, just my regular cell phone. So if it doesn't work, I'm not going there. Smart. Those spots are available for a braver folk, but that ain't me. Um, right. I'm out here to live my life in peace. Exactly. Well, and do you, I think you've mentioned this to me in the past. Do you have a four-legged friend you travel with? I have well? two, um, two. but okay. combined okay. they weigh 20 pounds. So they are great <laughs> alarms and not, um, not weapons. And they're, you know, none of us are going to save yeah. each other. We're all in trouble. That's right. 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 That's funny. So you don't feel the need to carry, um, carry a concealed weapon or anything like that with you i do not um i now i'm trained in it obviously i will protect myself but it is not with a uh, a gun yeah do you are you carrying pepper spray or anything no okay okay and you've got some obviously a, a good background probably with what you've learned in the military in terms of being able to protect yourself and that kind of thing um i would imagine Right. 100%. I'm a small person and I'm a girl traveling alone and it is true there are predators. Well, and I think that's I think that's probably for a lot of women is just that safety piece because I've talked to many women about this idea and I think that is the one thing that continues to come up is just wouldn't feel safe alone on the road. Um and I'm sure do you have any other tips for women who may be considering this, things that they can do just to um feel a little bit more secure and safe on the road? Well I will say just go with your gut and your heart. And it it while looking for a place to hang out for more than a minute, um if you don't feel safe there, don't park there. It you know, because being comfortable is the reason I'm out here. I'm out here for peace, mm-hmm. nature, tranquility. And if I feel unsafe, I'm not in any of those. So right, right. go with Do that. You-, you have that gut feeling for a reason. As a female, we have that. Yeah, yeah. And do you find that most people you come across who are out doing the same thing you're doing are pretty friendly and helpful in the event you encounter something, a difficulty, whether it's something goes wrong with your camper or whatnot? So I haven't had to um, learn this yet. In my year and a half travels, um, we have been blessed and I haven't had to encounter needing the help of strangers at any time. One of the things I wanted to do with this podcast is really highlight women who are, you know, uh, choosing to live in different types of homes or houses or just choosing to live, you know, kind of a different, more unique lifestyle. So I think um, I think what you're doing is really pretty awesome. And, um, and you seem to, you know, have the background that would lend itself to this. From your perspective, who is the ideal person to do this kind of thing? I'm, I'm assuming you've got to have some kind of flexibility and you've got to really enjoy being spontaneous, right? Yes, those are important. Um, you have to also, if you're going to be a solo like I am and who I assume our audience is, you have to enjoy that. You have to enjoy yourself or 
part of your journey would need to be for you to find the self because this mobile tiny lifestyle is also pretty lonely. Um, yeah. I mean, I can see how I can see how unless you're going to do RV parks and all of that kind of thing. And there are pros and cons to both things to private, to people. Mm-hmm. It, it would be whatever someone's looking for. The reason things like this are awesome is my living room can be wherever I want it. And my rent for the month of March so far was $200 That's and amazing. it's April 13th yeah. and I'm in at $0 rent. Now my camper is not paid for. So there's that. But if a person were to be dealing with the housing situation, we currently are, this is a reduced yeah. cost lifestyle that provides a lot of things. Yeah, it seems like it seems like it would be. It makes um it makes housing pretty affordable for the most part. That's what you're finding. If you right? were to not do it in an airstream, yes. I mean, obviously these yes. are the top of the line yes. and I didn't start Correct. from the bottom. This was a retirement goal. But yes, yeah. there are way more economical ways to do this, but in the in the means of the BLM land, it's I'm at zero dollars. That's amazing. So explain to people what BLM is, just so they know. Bureau of Land Management. um, And it's the public lands across the United States. More so we find in the Southwest that offer free use of the land. Uh, Maps are provided in each area that will show you where overnight camping is authorized for free. The state of Arizona requires a $16 permit. But it's good for a year, and then that opens up more land, but theoretically, then you've paid $16. But that's for the whole year, not for one month. Oh, that's great. I'm trying to figure out, though, would this make would this lifestyle obviously not work as well for somebody who is working full-time, unless they, they can work remotely? It would depend. So, um... Remote work would be the easiest as long as you parked where your internet works and they have that Starlink thingy now. So lots of people are do are doing it that way. Um, my little nomad friend yeah. next door, she does. She works remotely from her camper. Um, mm-hmm. She's not retired, so she's at work today. I am not. Uh, but other yeah. options yeah. are work camping, which I've done as well. Um, I got to live in the Redwood State Park in Humboldt County for free for a whole summer and get free hookups and power for a minimal Mm -hmm. return on the work, which was, you know, being a camp host. They have that in a paying position if someone were looking to work on the road. Um, So that's an option. KOA has a great work camping program. Um, Mm Mm-hmm where a person works at the KOA in return for their spot and an hourly rate. Other things are Starbucks. Starbucks allows you to transfer your job. I know another lady who works for Starbucks and she'll go to Montana in the summer and live in that area in her RV working at Starbucks. And then in the winter, transfer that job to Texas. There are income opportunities out there for this lifestyle as well, but it is non-traditional. So it takes a little more uh, thinking outside the box to find those opportunities. I'm going to do a beet harvest in 
the month of October, which is in the cold part of the country. Now, have you done that before? Will this no, be a new this experience will be brand new, and I'm excited. I know it's work, but I think it's going to be cool. Um, they have a Facebook page where it's nothing but beautiful sunsets and sunrises. And since you work a 12-hour day, well, you'll absolutely get to see both of those. That is true. That is true. And so where are you actually headed? Well, for summer, I'm headed up to Alaska for a work camp position, and that'll be seven months in Alaska paid. Um, But it's week on, week off, which is going to allow me to travel and see the state of Alaska. I think that sounds like you've got yourself a great setup. How how long do you see yourself doing this? Any idea? Well, I have a five-year plan, but, you know, it's written with a pencil, so anything could happen. <laughs> All right. So what would you say, I'm, I'm going to wrap up here, what would you say is the best part about this lifestyle that you found? The be- I don't know. I haven't found a negative and no bad days. Yeah, it's amazing. All right, what what would you say is the worst part about this lifestyle? The thing if you could change one thing, what would it be? Water, it's heavy. Like dealing with yeah. the poop tank and putting water in the camper. That's a that's a little bit tedious. I call it farm chores, but I don't have any animals. Yeah. So how and how often are you typically moving, breaking down your camp and moving? Well, I'm completely impulsive, so I don't have a timeline. Um I can stay somewhere for 14 days without having to leave um, when I ration my water correctly in my tanks. Um, And I have a generator, which will power the camper and my lithium batteries. Those were expensive, but man, they are worth it. They let you live out here forever. That's great. But I usually only stay somewhere three or four days, in which time I don't have to do anything with the water or the poo. Right, because you've got you're you're looking for pretty much a full hookup, right? Well, when you no, I I boondock, which means no hookups, and then when I move in route, okay, I use the dump stations at places like Loves, okay, which ha- offers a AAA discount, yeah. or KOA, and then you can uh, flush and fill your tanks and be set for another however many days, and that costs between ten That's and fifteen dollars awesome. depending on where you go. That is pretty amazing. Really, it is. I love what you're doing, Megan, and you're going to have so many great stories um, to tell and to share. So let's do this. Do you have, is there anything else you want to talk about? Any fun experiences you've had on the road that you'd like to share? I don't know. Every day is a new experience, so I just want to keep doing it. But I would encourage people to at least come out into nature, even if you can't do it for every day of your life. It's peaceful. Yeah. No, I think that's great. I think we all need a little more nature in our lives, right? (laughs) Yes. Turn the TV off and get outside, right? Final parting thoughts for anybody who might be listening to this podcast who may be interested in doing what you're doing or choosing, you know, more of a non-traditional kind of um, lifestyle or home. Okay. I'm going to, as with anything non-traditional, There's going to be judgment either within yourself or from your friends or your family. And just know that that's when anything is non-traditional. So go do what you want to do, what's safe for you, what's affordable for you, um, whether it's traditional or not. And the judgment will go away. Yeah. 
How did you how did you deal with the judgment? Oh, I think I'm still being judged. It's still short term. Um, but I've stopped judging myself yeah. and not let others as opinions of the non-traditionalness, you know? And I'm sure there's yep. a lot of walks yep. of life who have to deal with things like that. Correct. At the end of the day, we can only con- control one thing, right? And that is our response to things, right? So, um, yeah, I love that. I love that you brought that up. As long as you are, you know, doing doing what makes you happy, that's the most important thing. Yes, right? as long as it is safe. Megan, thanks so much for joining us today and sharing your journey with us. We wish you all the best. Safe travels to you. If you've enjoyed the podcast and want to hear more, please follow us. We're always looking for good stories. So if you have one that you would like to share about owning your own home, or if you have an issue you're dealing with and you're not certain how to resolve it, feel free to reach out. I'm your host, Amy Wicker. Until next time, thanks for joining us.